Ladies and gentlemen, Jake here. Uh, before we get into episode 70, I've come out of pocket to fund uh, a little sponsored segment here at the top of the episode. Two things I'd like to say. One, uh, yet again, I apologize for sitting on this episode for 44 days before editing and posting it. Uh, and second, you know, I've been doing a bit of soul searching here. Uh, what with uh, my engagement now uh, now behind me, which we'll discuss on the episode. And I've realized sometimes everything that you need is just right there in front of you. Um, and so I'd like to take this time to acknowledge my longtime co-host and ask Seamus, will you accept this rose and be my best man in September? That's all. Hope you guys enjoy episode 70. I would say it was mediocre at best. Appreciate you listening. Welcome back, Jake. It's great to be back. The Gentleman's Breakfast, episode 70. 70 in the year seven of The Gentleman's Breakfast. Great to have you back, Jake. A lot has it's happened. Ex- exciting to be here. I'm always excited to be here and learning that it's been long enough that you've completely forgotten how to record audio or how to make any of this work. I think when that's we, the charm of this podcast. When we do the synchronization clap... You don't have to start talking immediately after the clap, okay? You can clap. Like, when they record a scene in a movie, right? And you, you shouldn't see someone stunt come out, my enthusiasm to record. You see someone talk. come out with a marker, right? And they mark it. Mm-hmm. When they mark it, do you ever see them, like, fucking sprinting out of the shot because actors are going to start acting and just firing lines right when they hit it? No. They <laughs> give it a second. It's a sound synchronization. You should let it mark. breathe a little bit more. That's probably true. But speaking of sound synchronization, we have just heard Engine Trouble uh, by, what's the name of this? The Last Rebel. He sent me. The Last Rebel, a band that you knew literally nothing about. Did you get this in your Spotify recommendation? I got it in Spotify recommendation. And Jake, I passed it to you and one other dear friend because I believed you guys would listen to it. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't spread around to everybody. I'm going to be straight up with you. I listen to most of what you send me. I don't listen to all of it. Okay? okay that's fine. And this is a six-minute long song that I didn't have time to digest coming into this, but I do think What do you mean good. time to digest? You're unemployed. What are you doing? <laughs> Whatever I want. That's why I don't have time. Right now, Jake. I think this, this is, the is first all time. It's all me time, baby. I think you're going to be surprised by this. This is the first time that I think we're both gainfully unemployed. Because it's been about 14 months, so I quit my job this week. Of um, course. But I do start another job on Monday. We're on a two-year cycle that's just getting shorter and shorter and shorter. <laughs> we do. We are obligated uh, under the uh, laws of this fair nation to discuss this song for just a moment. It's an mm. interesting folk song. I think it's too long. It takes too long to get into the hook. Like, even finding a place to start it was weird. You got to start at, like, a minute 10 or something like that. Mm. 
Um, these guys are actually based in three different towns, which I think is cool. They're in uh, Montana, Tennessee, and uh, I believe Minnesota. Mm. And they claim they're putting out um, Porch Front Americana. I like it. It's got a good twang to it to start. Very easy listening. I would recommend it. I, I look forward to diving deeper into this band, but just a classic song about a woman on the road getting her hands dirty with the engine, not worrying about the man and the man kind of loving her too much. It's kind of the gist. Why got, did you interpret it differently? I think so. But I also think that we're at our required one minute of song discussion. So I wish these guys the best of luck. Maybe I'll listen to the whole song later, Seamus. Um, so what's going on with your employment shift here? Are you at liberty to discuss? Well, I'm going to consider you my accountant or my lawyer in this circumstance in case, sure. in case somebody stumbles upon this um so we reached a amicable uh departure parting sure sure and uh they surprisingly gave me some money to sign a document and i gave my two weeks and they're like oh okay. we're gonna pay you out some more money i'm like this is interesting why are you paying me money and they just said please keep it to yourself so I said, okay. Little did I know that they were going to let the other person in my job go the same day that I was my last day. So you were supposed to get severance anyway, basically. Well, it, may, it begs the question of like, what was the initial plan? Did I speed up right. this or was I initially a part of this or who knows, right? Um, well, it's interesting. Yeah, I found it interesting, but I felt bad for the person like corresponding with me being like, hey, I just got canned. I'm like, oh, that makes more sense why they didn't want me to tell anybody what was going on. Yep. Well, congratulations are in order, I suppose. Yeah. Start a, you know, I, I reflected back at my career, Jake, which I think you've done uh, over the last five years of talking to me, where I really haven't put myself in a situation where I can really learn or have a leader in place to learn from and a more established company. So I made that move because I got to think for my family these days, Jake, I have a true incoming human entering the world here in maybe less than 10 weeks. Are you, so are you going to be going more like enterprise sales? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. That's good. That's the, I think that that's the move that you needed to make and I'm happy for you. Yeah. I mean, it's to be candid, is my resume there to what they want me to do? We'll find out live on the job. Um, but I'm excited about the organization. Well, the only advice that I could give you going into something like that where you're feeling a little unsure is less is more. Less is more. <laughs> Appreciate that. And, well, not to be all about me. I know that you recently stepped away from the employment world. Um, I'm on my standard two-year cycle where, you know, I go in, I work at one of these startups, I work for two years, and then I just start to like fucking wig out at some point. Yeah, you do have a wig out period of like, I would say a little <clears> less <throat> than a year, and then you rough it out for the next 10 months. Yeah. Now, I, I do think my, it's a unique situation where my previous startup is, I think, going about things in absolutely the wrong way and has some real trouble ahead of them, uh, and some, some stuff that I had talked to him about for years where I basically said you know hey guys 
I'm going to describe your strategy to you in like one very offensive sentence. And if that's all that we're planning to do here, it's probably not going to work out. Um, How do they respond to that? It's usually silence. It's usually like nodding and whatever. Then was there any like follow up of like, hey, I think you're out of line or someone pulled you away in private. Hey, I think you're on point. Um, The latter, some from people. Yeah. But but always it's always like lateral, right? Like um, people that um are in that team or in that room that I'm working with are you know usually shocked that I'm saying some shit like that. But um, but then you get yeah, these, that, then you get uh, these theoretical chairs, right? You have a bunch of those now. Uh, options. I have options. Sure. Uh, I have you know like two and a half months left to figure out if I want to exercise those options oh so you're you have that little faith in the company to even you won't even exercise them i it's would cost me like over twenty thousand dollars to exercise them Mm. and i don't i don't really feel like doing that Mm -hmm. wow uh so yeah i think i'm just gonna walk away from that equity interesting Uh, and they're not far enough along where you can like sell it on the the back market the secondary market or anything uh, I could, but you, yeah, a lot of times you have to get approvals and stuff like that. Like it's not super straightforward. Interesting. Um, so, well, yeah, you seem happier. I, I'm rooting for you for your next adventure. So here at this point, Jake, <coughs> I, I, I had a uh, THC drink last night and I was thinking a lot about wealthy people and the jobs that they do. Um, yeah. The THC this, drink really opened your mind. Opened my mind because it made me think of like all the wealthy people. They kind of wealthy people, like generational wealth, like people that don't actually need to work, but they do a job to stay busy, right? People like who? Uh, you've never like encountered people that have like generational wealth, and they just kind of bounce around and do different jobs. I've encountered people that are comfortable and probably don't need to work a ton in what they do but i don't know that i've encountered someone that had generational wealth to the extent that their children's children don't ever need to do anything right well there so i i I guess like maybe like one or two people there's there's some of that i used to I, I, i used to work with the former ceo of goldman sachs his son was an analyst in my class right um, right, so he, he could do that, or he could kind of explore and do other things, right? There's not really pressure, or who knows? Every situation is different of, like, succeeding. But like, we know somebody who was, like, started, we're not friends with him, but a friend of a friend, like, started a search fund, like, four or five years ago. And he's okay. been doing the search fund for, like, four or five years, which is, where can I accumulate money from people to invest? It's a long in, time to do it for. To invest in my idea. Looking for more, like, two to three years on something like that but right so those type of people where they kind of view the world as like as a mall and they're walking down through the mall and they're seeing all these other people in the trenches whether it's the farmer the guy selling cell phones and you you don't think there's like the level of rich people like oh that seems interesting they're running a restaurant i like food let me buy a restaurant and see if i can run a restaurant you don't think that exists you don't need to have generational wealth to do that this is stuff that like i've thought about doing like re- regular, somewhat regular people can do that through small business administration loans. I think you're thinking too small. I think that what you're describing is what you're trying to describe are people that 
they don't view the world like a mall. They view it like a casino, right? So yeah. they're like, I have money that I can gamble. So I could either sit back and basically live on my family's wealth and live at a certain level of income, right? And mm-hmm. then I'd ha- be beholden to my family or whatever. Or I could take that income and because I don't really need it for sustenance, I could gamble it on some startup idea or whatever and then build my own wealth. Um, and I do know people that have done that, uh, certainly. Right. So I think, you know, you're whether you decide to fall into that gap now, right? I think you're just kind of bruising, cruising through the mall. Or I don't know if you want to reveal your big secret of what you've t- bounced around in your head. Oh, you're talking about you talking about me, what I want to do. Yeah. Are you including me in this like generational? No, I'm not including you in the generational okay. wealth, but you yeah. kind of fell into like the casino. Like, let's take a gamble, right? Like, I think there is a population of the people that say, "How can I make more money? Let me dabble in this. Can I? Can someone in here, if I give them enough money, do this for me?" Right. I have another friend who describes himself as a Ray Donovan type job. Right. Haven't seen okay. the guy in a while. He's lived in. Uh, overseas. I don't trust anyone that describes themselves in reference to a TV show. Where he's like, that's what kind of my job is. Because he's lived in like, he's lived in Dubai for like 12, 13 years. Now yeah. he's come back and he's living with his business partner. And he's, you know, telling me all these things. He's like, well, we got to get out to Silicon Valley. You know, we've got the money. Now we need to get the, you know, the idea of the people. I'm like, what do you mean? You're like, are you guys trying to be investors? So the same way, like all these. Seamus, invest- this sounds like someone that you shouldn't talk to anymore. I, I'm intrigued because he's like, I need to understand what it's like out there. I'm like, yeah, I'll tell you what I know. I mean, I'm just a lowly uh, sales henchman here. So, I mean, I'll tell you what I understand. Um, but it sounds like he has money and they're trying to invest in an idea and they're not credentialed enough for people to take their money. Like that, that's, that has to exist in the investment world as well, right? Oh, yeah. There's plenty of fucking yahoos out there that are like, they view themselves as like idea men, right? They talk about how like, Think about the possibilities like you and me together. Think th- think about what we could do from a branding standpoint. This is usually someone who wears a chain. They wear a chain of some kind, either silver or gold. Uh, they they own a tracksuit. I'm not saying that they wear it at the time. <laughs> They're from one of the two coasts. They have never held down a legitimate job. Right, and so they they, these, these are the people I'm talking about. These people exist. They, they view themselves as a marketing brand idea, idea man right these are people that i don't talk to but they exist you you're aware that they exist yeah yeah i i hear them i hear them at things that i know that i can, that they can't afford so not to so those people exist that's all i kind of really wanted to mention is that there are rich True. people who do say like hey investing seems cool here's some of my money who can get me rich off of somebody else's execution yeah which is not really how the world works but it's fine Sure. So, can we talk about your hidden secret of what your what are your deep lying passions are? No, no, no. I I don't know if I'm going to get into that or not. Okay. Uh, but yeah, we can move on. That's a separate thing. I don't want that to be associated with that style or type of person. So that that remains a secret. We can't we can't discuss that on the podcast. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about uh, big things that have happened in your life that we are allowed to talk about. Sure. A lot of people have independently come up to me and said, hey, Jake looks a lot happier these days. And when you fired over that photo of you and your fiancé, no longer roommate, fiancé, after you got engaged. It's a weird thing to say, isn't it? Huh? It's a weird thing to say, isn't it? 
fiance was harder for me to learn to say than wife. Fiance just sounds a little yep. douchey, but we are very excited about you and your fiance, and you guys got engaged. The smile was even more distracting than the beautiful mountains behind <laughs> you. Tell me, walk me through how did it go down? Uh, so I, I, qu- I quit my job on my two year cycle, and then uh, I was going on a road trip to go ski around some because uh, we're fortunate enough to live in the mountains now so we live close to a lot of different places that you can go ski um is she, and is she working or no she is but she's consulting so i said you know she had asked me hey what do you think you're gonna do with your time off that was one of the things that i mentioned she said that she wanted to come which is great mm-hmm. so she's she and i are going to be on the road for like eight days or whatever then at this point in time when we plan this that's when i'm like well like i've i have been planning to propose to the significant other for a a couple months now and that was kind of the impetus for okay now is the time when i gotta get this done right Mm -hmm. I, i i this is no one's gonna be happy if i walk away from this trip and it hasn't been taken care of do you think she sensed that uh so I talked to her about it, and <laughs> I think that she did, but she didn't want to get her hopes up too much. She told me that she had gotten a manicure going into the trip mm, smart. Uh, in, in hopes that maybe she would have something to show off on the hand. Uh, so, yeah, I think she sensed it a little bit, but was still somewhat surprised by See, it. So you load up the car you head to the we load up the car we, we go out to the we're, we're driving out to tell you ride which is gorgeous uh it's one of my favorite mountains that i've ever been to favorite towns i've ever been to it's a six hour drive it's that far from denver huh yep huh i had looked at everything is further away than it seems here because you got to drive around mountains and shit yeah yeah um it's never like drawn a straight line on a map uh, so I had looked at the route out there and was kind of looking around some certain areas that I thought might be good to stop. And then I was also like, maybe we could also do it in Telluride, depending on when we leave. Mm-hmm. And then it, I ended up having to deal with a bunch of stuff in the morning. I got a new set of snow tires, some other bullshit. So we didn't leave until noon. So we're not going to get to Telluride until sunset. So like you know, like just after sunset. So I'm like, okay, so can't do it until you read. And I wanted to go ahead and knock this thing out early in the trip. Were you nervous? So no, not really. I was mostly focused on logistics and trying to make it a good experience for everyone involved. Mm -hmm. So I had this other spot that was picked out, which the significant other now likes to refer to as a rest stop. Uh, It's not a rest stop. It's a scenic overlook managed by the national park service is there a bathroom there sure there's a bathroom there yeah what place that has a national park doesn't have a bathroom available but anyway we pull over it's like two hours into the trip and i'm i never stop the car i'm known for never stopping the car so she's like immediately suspicious even though this is like kind of a reasonable reasonable place to stop because we're like two and a half hours in so it's just a scenic overlook from from my understanding yeah 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 over over like some mountains but it was like overcast like it was kind of shitty it was like not ideal but like so like was it like a everybody stops here or some people stop here some people stop here like we're the only people that are 
there really. And then as we were leaving, we saw some other people. Did you announce that beforehand that we were going to stop there for the scenic? I over? said this is probably a good place to stop. So we're gonna we'll talk about like maybe we'll stop in Buena Vista, which is the mm-hmm. town that we. I have a cousin that lives there. Yeah. yeah, I've been taught it's specifically pronounced. Don't try to say Buena Vista; it's Buena Vista. Yeah, yeah, I, I learned that too. Um, okay. There's a bunch of mountains around it, and she and I had been there before, and so, so it's, she, it's it's pretty. But so but she, this day it wasn't all that pretty because it was pretty overcast. So she knows you're stopping. Is there an actual like bathroom there? Because you're a stickler yeah. to not really stop. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but it's like at a distance from like where we stopped. We're not like right next to the shitter. Okay. Uh, and then like right where we get out, like you can't really see anything. So I see, you know, oh, there's a little hill you can walk over to. So we walk up there. She's even more weird out by that because I don't walk anywhere. <laughs> um, yeah, it's cold out, and you know we look out over. You know, there's it's this nice hill. It's snowy everywhere. It's very it's very pretty out, other than the fact that it's somewhat overcast and you can't really see the mountains that you're supposed to be able to see, yeah. as well as you should be able to. Uh, and then I got down on the knee, uh, took care of that business. It was kind of so took cold. Ca- hold on, took care of that business. Are we took gonna... care of it. Knocked it out. Are we gonna like? Do we remember what we said? I said something along the lines of, "I I, I wouldn't be with you forever." Mm. And then I got down on one knee. Was it quick and punchy or was it soft so, and, and see, like here's gooey? The thing was, where, was there an element to get a little gooey? Did she like tears from her? I mean, here's the thing where you have to understand. It's a big was, moment. J- Jake, show some emotions. There was snow on the ground and it was about 15 degrees outside. That's cold. So, <laughs> so yes, there were like emotions and stuff, but nobody cried because it was like too cold to cry. <laughs> uh, and... Um, yeah, you know, we had a wonderful time. One thing that I didn't realize in the proposal part is that, so I showed the ring in the box, and then I did not put the ring on her hand, which was criticized later. I basically handed mm-hmm. her the ring to then put on her hand. So you just kind of handed her the box. Was yeah. she was she actually surprised when you started to do it? Did, did we get a, oh, my God. Uh, we didn't quite get an oh my god again. You have to remember, like it's so cold. You can't. <laughs> there's a limit to the range of emotions that you can have in this amount of temperature. Okay, so she grabs uh, the box and then she slips it on herself romantically. Yeah, romantic, very romantically. And then we took a couple photos. Took some photos. Then we went to the bathroom. Then you know we drove on in the car. We had limited cell signal, so you know we're tra- she's trying to get the social media posts out or whatever. And then what I got to experience for the remaining four hour drive was a constant process of seeing better places to stop than the place that I picked. <laughs> okay, so you realized that there were some more optimal places. You wanted to get out of the way. Oh, I mean the the country that we're driving through is gorgeous. There's actually a national park that you drive through called uh, Black Canyon. Black Canyon National Park, which is amazing, right? So they, the, for the remaining four hours, I'm just thinking about, like, that would have been a good place to stop. That would have been a good place to stop. That would have been a good place to yeah. stop. Let, so let me get, backtrack here a few things. So you purchased this ring without knowing her ring size. Like, yeah. where, how did we get there? It fit? Um, yeah, it actually fit perfectly, which uh, I'm very happy about because at the last minute, I changed the size a little bit. Just like, just felt like it was kind of, I was going too small or whatever. 
and adjusted it. And had I not done that, the ring would not have fit out of the gate, which would not have been as much fun for anybody. But how did you just like? Do you just ballpark it? Like she's got the the same same height as one of my other friends. What's her ring size? Like how did you go with numbers? Pretty much, yeah. That and so the vast majority of women have between like a size five and six ring size. Huh. And then was there did did you do any like nineteen uh, fifties gentleman moves of you know asking permission or anything? I did not do that. I thought about doing it. Um, I kind of had the opportunity over Christmas, mm. but not really. Like it, it it didn't really line up right. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean her her parents are divorced. One of them lives outside of the country. It's got it's it. a slightly different setup i talked to her i apologized basically afterward i was like hey i didn't talk to your parents about this and she forgave me for that oh so she yeah so when no cell service there was a lot of things iron out so she was most intrigued by putting up the post or finding out the story behind it oh post by far Hmm. you get the post done first and then you can sort everything else out after that wow and then you guys had a nice meal somewhere after you saw some other beautiful places. Yeah, yeah, we had, we had a nice dinner that night until you read. That's great. I'm very happy for you. Um, now it's been what two or three weeks, four weeks. Uh, it's been it's been like a week and a half. We we got back uh last Wednesday. We got the flu while we were on this trip, which was great. Um, I ski really well while I'm feverish. Um, but that wasn't until the second half of the trip, and then yeah, it was like last Tuesday we got back. So it's been two two and a half weeks um so but we basically talked about wedding or no yeah we've just stabilized back back at home in the last couple days so uh yeah we've we're planning in earnest is basically already happened we've developed the list Mm, the list Uh, that's tough sometimes you got to cut people out well we started with like at least a ballpark to get a rough idea on headcount right we yep. could adjust from here or there, but that rough idea on headcount at least gives us some guidance on venue and stuff like that. So, so you already have a headcount um, number in your head that you're at least, yeah, at least like rough. I'm not going to say it's concrete or anything, but yeah, in, in, until we had written that out, right? Like we don't really have an idea of like, hey, is this going to be 100 people, 200 people, 300 people, right? Did you write any names down? And you're like, mm, not really. And cross 100%, them out. 100%. I did. And you're just rationale. I was like, when was the last time I spoke to them? Yeah. Are they going to, was it what, what the criteria? Like when was the last time I spoke to them? Or are they going to show up? Like, do you already know where you're going to have it? Uh, so we, we talked to, you know, our options are like Denver where we live, mm-hmm. uh, Austin where we used to live, San Francisco, uh, maybe like Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Um, those are kind of the realistic place that we discussed. We agreed on Denver, so we're pretty okay. much set on Denver now. It's in it's neutral territory. It's centrally located. It's not hard to fly into. There you go. Uh, so yeah, now we're working on planning for that. Um, that's awesome. I'm very excited for you. I uh, hopefully I make the cut. I uh, I mean we'll see. It's gonna be close. Um, Jake, there's something else I want to talk about here. You know, as I prepare to be a father. Um, really the big things I've done is try to slow down my wine intake while, you know, my wife carries the child. Okay. And, I, pre- I respect that. And 
you know, seeing all the changes and the excitement that she has, you know, baby's kicking, baby's flipping, it just makes you fall more in love with the person carrying your child. Um, but the things that you, they don't prepare you for is the is the list, the baby shower list. And mm-hmm. maybe they, they do this in all spectrums of society, but I feel like the baby gear community is really capitalizing on each generation more and more. Meaning how much money are we spending as new parents, as millennials in 2022, different from 2017, from different 2022. Like there is no way, let alone my, our parents, there's no way people 10 years ago were spending half of all the gear that we're spending now. No. Well, people were having more kids then too. So there's more hand-me-down stuff uh, that was available uh, even within your own family, let alone from through secondhand. And there wasn't a plague going on, so people were less concerned about stuff like that. Uh, But yeah, at at what point are you going to stop spending money to keep your child safe, allegedly, right? You you don't really know what's going to... Till you can't afford it, I think, is is what... Yeah, that's right. I I Googled it, and I'm like, oh, I'm obviously not in the norm here. We were probably going to spend more money than the average person here. They're saying like first year infant to raise a first year infant is you know thirteen thousand extra dollars. I'm like, that seems that, light. <laughs> that seems very light, right? Very very light. Yeah. You know, I think you know we're gonna spend X amount of money just buying the gear, and buying the gear is a whole other process because you got everybody's opinions. Mm-hmm. I mean, in January, Jake, I'm waking up from probably too many uh, Italian red wines Saturday night. And somebody's like, oh, I'm going to go buy this snoo. I'm going to buy the snoo. It's used, it's slightly used. It's, I'm going to buy the snoo. Do you know what a snoo is, Jake? No. A snoo is basically a baby cradle that shakes and kind of um, coddles them to sleep. So just basically. It, it's just a cradle, then. Cradles rock. Yeah, but it's like a little tiny thing. And it, it like systematically, like goes in different directions it's on some kind of motorized platform yeah Mm -hmm. and it doesn't just rock back and forth no it can go like different directions um sometimes some of them have like white noise stuff do you do you sleep better seamus when you're being rocked at random when you're being vibrated at random so a lot of i think this this contraption is only like 10 15 years old okay and you use it for like the first four months, right? Because everybody's like, you got to use this and you got to use this. Now. So my wife was trying to buy one in January, you know, six months before said child is going to be here. We're like, we have to have it. I'm like, how do we know? We don't know what the child's going to be like. We, we have no idea what the situation is going to be. And she's like, I'm glad you caught me here on a Sunday morning in bed because this is the third one I was thinking about buying. I'm like, well, let's wait till the little Gipper gets here and then we can make that decision. But these are all kinds of decisions going on. I can't this tell you how new much. new sleeper bassinet, it's, it has an app. It sits on these spindly little metal legs. It's a few thousand dollars. It's absurd. I'm like, why would I do that? I don't think that your child needs this. I'm gonna go I don't, out I don't think a, so either. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that your child doesn't need one of these. I've got a whole corner of stuff that I, I you have You know what? To. It, it looks like you should have to put a quarter into it because it's like a fiber bed in a fucking motel. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and so like, people rent it, people borrow it from each other. I had another friend like, well, we're borrowing it from a one friend. Maybe we'll be able to sneak in for those couple months. I'm like, what is this market? This is crazy. Um, so we've got all kinds of contraptions that people have generously purchased. Uh, 
I mean, it, it's come a long way. It's come a long way. Has it? It's also kind of not come a long way. But I want to tip my cap to the baby, the baby production manufacturing companies in the United States who are really capitalizing on, um, you know, the top three to five percent and what they'll spend their money on. Well, speaking of shopping for things, uh, I learned that when you shop for diamonds, mm. even if you just casually Google it, yeah, every ad that you receive for the next month will be a giant ad about diamonds. Uh, and so it, to anyone out there in the audience that's thinking about this, make sure you're just always in private or incognito mode when you start Googling about this shit or else every single time that you have a browser up in front of your significant other, you're going to be prompted with diamond ads. Um, yeah. And then the numbers, you know, similar to what you're saying about the baby stuff, the number of different terms that exist about diamonds and rings, you have like a cathedral setting or like, how did you learn about the cuts? Like, like how did you know that? Yeah. She want like, she went float in. How did you, how did you learn all this? Uh, I, Talked to some people. Talked to some good advisors. So she had so she had leaked some of her desires to some other advisors. She had. And then yeah, and then I brought I brought some of my own on board. We had some discussions and then I dealt with the transaction. Huh. Um, but there are more words and categories to describe this stupid shit than there are words to describe like good livestock. Cow. Well, it it is amazing, you think about it. You spend I don't know, two or three months making this purchase. It's probably one of the, for Took most people, yeah, one of the two or four largest purchases you'll make in your sure. life. Next to a house, for sure. And then you have literally It's no all par experience. with a car, right? Similar to a car. We have no experience about it. Yeah. And then you make the decision in hopes that this person will receive it. It's just well, a wild world that we live in. What I actually think is funnier about it, that that is interesting, like that part of the purchase. I think the funniest part about the whole thing is that the tradition is that you keep one of the most important decisions that someone will ever make in their entire life. You make that decision a, surpri- a surprise. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not not talking about the ring. I'm talking about like the engagement itself. Now, granted, obviously, by that point in time, you you should already be in tune to this stuff. We've already been living together, etc. Um, but the fact that the tradition is, hey, this thing that is probably one of the most important things that you'll ever do is like surprise. <laughs> yes or no? Yeah, I mean, uh, let's fifty percent of the time it fails. I wonder. What percent of the time of the fifty percent go back and get another ring the next time they get married? I don't know that it can't be fifty percent of the time it fails. Marriage? I mean, I guess people are done. Oh marriage yeah, yeah. Marriage itself. Sorry, I thought you were talking about like proposals. Proposal? Oh no, right. proposals. Are, I would imagine are somewhere in the ninety something percent. Yeah, yeah. Because even yeah, if you don't, to, to your if point, you want to say no, they Jake, probably like, shouldn't be. But there's there's got to be somewhere between five and eight percent that say yes, and then either call it right afterwards or call it. In the right. process to build up like you know it's really you got to be really mean to say no like there is some huge communication gap that if somebody is proposing and the other person wants to say no but probably doesn't like could yeah, do you, you think you'd have you'd the heart miss to the say mark no quite a bit there's a lot of weird people in this world that could miss the mark like that but do you think you'd have the heart to say no uh if i were proposed to yeah i'm a i'm a male 
Sure. Um, 2022, it's a new world. Um, you know, I don't. It's hard for me to put myself in a position where one, I'm getting proposed to, and two, I've put myself in a position where someone might propose to me that might have the wrong idea. Yeah. That's, well, I mean, a lot of weird steps have to have been taken at that point in time. Well, I look forward to y'all's wedding. Um, I'm sure it'll be lovely. Um, maybe a bachelor party a little, a little sprinkled in. People are hungry for a little get-together. Um, but just just to be clear, ideally, I mean, this is up to you. This is your decision if you want to have a joint bachelor party because you are known to bring your fiance to um, golf trips, which is fine. She's a lovely person. <laughs> I would suggest, and not that I don't like your fiance, I think actually might like her more than I like you, that you know you do go for the traditional um, bachelor party, not like a bachelor bachelorette hybrid thing. That's just my opinion that I'm lending without you asking about it. But okay, I appreciate that advice. It is something that's come up. Oh, there has been chatter about a dual one. Well, there's been chatter about the options not really leaning one way or the other. Yeah. You know, I've never attended a dual one, so I shouldn't be so have such a strong opinion. Um, but yeah, I'm sure you'll make the right decision that's right for you. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit of a different setup at the ripe old age of 34 going on 35. You're right, because then you can have, then it's just another reason to basically just yeah. party with all it's your friends. Be just hanging out, drinking some. Wouldn't mind there being like a pool involved. You know, it's going to be pretty laid back. Yeah. You know what? Actually, the more I think about it, it's not a bad idea. It's not. I mean, yeah, otherwise it's just. Especially if your friends are dispersed. Big old sausage fest. Especially if your friends are dispersed and you all don't live in the same city. um, It's a good reason to basically just throw one more. Yeah. Hoorah. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's that. Those are the topics I have here. Just uh, gearing up for dad life uh how, continuing how close marvel. are we to dad life now 10 weeks only 10 weeks left god that sounds so oh my god it's so weird like being on the couch or doing what you're doing and saying like i can only be selfish for some brief period of time right meanwhile my wife is you know handling everything with this she's child. already dealing with it yeah it's she's already become already... a reality for her yeah and i'm like okay how do i prepare for this and you know it's just you're just in constant motion of like i really need to appreciate this time that i'm just sitting on the couch watching tv or i'm sleeping in yeah um or i'm doing what i want i'm going to play golf or something like that uh but we're we're excited i i think as every uh, male i've asked about the baby about having a baby said it's just changes your life you get all ooey gooey inside so i'm sure i'll have a similar effect um when baby comes so Sometime in mid June, yeah, early early to mid June. There's going to be a third member of the podcast. Yeah. Do you know the gender yet? Yeah, it's a girl. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's right. Sorry. Yeah, we've got the name forgotten that already. Mm-hmm. We've got the name baked out. Um, yeah. Anything else you wanna you wanna chat about here uh, today, Jacob? No, not really. Only just uh, how I how I would rate you. Oh, do you have a scale? Uh, I, I do not. Um, that's a tough scale. Um, 
Ah, that's not a smart scale. I want to say something, but I don't think it's a smart scale. <laughs> you think it might be misinterpreted? Yeah. It might not be that, the most tactful thing to do. Yeah, I was going to say, which country are we, which outside country are we to the ongoing conflict in Russia or Ukraine? Like, which country? Uh, that's a weird one. Yeah, that that couldn't get us anywhere good. Um, We've really been through a lot. Let's, let's, let's do it based on a politician. Okay. What, you know, what politician is this person and, and why? Oh, it'd really be nice if I had been paying more attention to politics lately. But what uh, do, you, do you have any? I have one. I was going to look up another one, but I have one that I can spit off the top of my head. Okay. Let me hear you're, you're the governor of Florida. You're Ronnie, Ronnie DeSantos. Where okay. you quickly, early on, you realized that this was nothing more than a extended flu. And you bet your economy on it. And two years post, looked like you made a pretty decent bet. And although some people may not agree with you at times, with what you think and your opinions, if you look at it over the track records, some I would say most of the time they're a good opinion, even though not gracefully said. So I think you had uh, a very Ron DeSantos type performance today. <laughs> I don't know that I agree with this having been an ex- kind of an extended flu, or that I acted that way. I was mostly quarantined with some notable exceptions. I mean, uh, people call us the Coco Brothers. Jake. Yeah, I look. I had some lapses in judgment. I'm gonna come right out and say that but that was well i mean at that point in time we were two years into this deal Mm -hmm. and i was vaxxed and i had yeah don't get upset it it was was strictly for comedic effect that was the person that came ahead it's fair you know you're right uh but i was already actually thinking of another florida politician for you oh really who is Will Marco Rubio? Ooh, what's Marco, Marco been up to lately? I he's really someone know. that you know. About half of the time, you'll hear him say stuff, and you'll think it's completely reasonable, right? He's kind of a younger guy. He's a smart guy. You'll hear him. He generally has the right values a lot of times, <clears throat> and then the other half of the time, you'll hear just some ill thought out shit. Just get. Put on blast. Mm. And it's when you really dig deep into uh, what has happened in Marco Rubio's past, you start to understand who you're working with, which is my favorite Marco Rubio fact is that he once paid all the penalties associated with which with pulling funds early from a 401k, which is like 50% penalties, right? So like if you want $1,000, you're going to get $500. Hmm. If you pull before retirement, he took like $25,000 out of his 401k and suffered 50% in penalties on it cuz that's how badly he needed money. Wow. And then you look further into it, Marco Rubio has two houses. Marco Rubio is married to a former Miami Dolphins cheerleader. Hmm. You start to piece all this together and the man's financial picture and decision making really starts to come into clearer view. Uh, and that's when you have to 
you, you look back on it, you reflect on it, you're like, yeah, you know, he's a politician. Not all politicians are perfect. There's some stuff he says I agree with. There's a lot, most of the stuff that I say he doesn't agree with, and I'm never going to trust him on anything financially related. But maybe snooze. But maybe maybe, snooze. maybe that's what you take away from it. Uh, I guess, maybe. I really wanted to give you Joe Manchin, but I didn't have it off the top of my head. So I don't know enough about Joe Manchin to have gone on that either. Um, but hey, Jake, it's been a wonderful podcast. Uh, As always. Lots shared. Some We tapped into your emotional side, which is what the main number one feedback I get from the listeners is they want to see a little bit more emotion out of Jake. So who is saying that that's what they want to hear? I'm glad we got there. Hopefully they tell you in, uh, after this show today, people just want more content and we're putting out poor content, but you know, we'll see. That's, that's on us. And maybe I'll remember how to get set up, uh, with the audio next time. All right. Thanks. Love you guys. Bye.